Hi, everybody. This is Dave Hodges. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We have a terrific segment for you with Marilyn Rupar. We've brought her back because this story with the, shall we say, the cartels is kind of an underlying theme, but it doesn't end there. This is not going anywhere. In fact, actually, there are other people now that are picking up on it, publishing, investigating, and we're glad we could be one of the first here to help start the ball rolling on this, but we got a whole lot of stuff to cover, and really, I think we're going to be on this until the summer. I mean, I've looked at the material Maryland's collected, and what I've got, and what Paul Preston has, it's voluminous, but before we get started with Maryland, let me let you know, that you know this already, that we have some sponsors, and we really need you to have you patronize them, because they are terrific, and what do I mean by terrific because they provide stuff that you're going to need and they're the ones that make this show possible as well now, first of all we are brought to you by preparewithdave.com the very best in storable food 70% off now listen I'm gonna scold you if you don't have six months of storable food okay well you're behind the eight ball you really need two years and FEMA says six months okay scolding over here comes the loving part we help you collect the food in two and four week packets and this is why we can offer it at such a drastically reduced price. And I would recommend start now because you don't have a lot of time. You see the world events as we do. Go to preparewithdave.com. Take advantage of the 25-year shelf life. Restaurant quality food. Preparewithdave.com. We're also brought to you by readymaderesources.com. That's my good friend Bob Griswold. You hear him quite a bit here talking about safety issues. And he is our expert in that area. And uh, Bob is, uh, I'll tell you, he's the best guy I know in the business. Why? Because if you call him up and know nothing about prepping, he will spend time with you and not charge you. And most charge, and Bob doesn't. So go to readymaderesources.com. Look at what he has available. He finances the big ticket items. He's reasonably priced, and he's just a great guy to deal with. Readymaderesources.com, and the phone number is on the screen when you log in there. We're also brought to you by another good friend of mine, Ted Brower and Health Masters. And you've heard me say a million times over the years, and I'm walking proof of it, I go to Health Masters before I go to my own doctor. And that's because of Dr. Ted Brower and what he has done with me with uh, joint issues like torn meniscus in the knee, ruptured disc in the back. You've heard me talk about it. You've heard me talk about non-surgical interventions I've done. Thanks to Health Masters. Go to healthmasters.com and use the coupon code DH5 to take 5% off. Well, that's the people who bring this show to you. And I would ask you, when you have needs in these areas, I'm not asking you to go out and spend money that you don't have or needs that you don't want to fulfill, but when you have a need in these areas, please, please patronize our sponsors because they do keep us on the air. Well, Marilyn Rupart, we've talked with her now a couple of times on the Common Sense Show. Once was about illicit Chinese labor practices, and most recently we've been talking about Humboldt County, the cartels in associated Forces that are invading America, and I use the word invasion on purpose. Marilyn, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could be here. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Well, there's a, you've got a good message here, and you've done some really, really good research, and it runs right into what I'm doing. It runs right into what Paul Preston is doing, and it just seems like all hell is breaking loose. And before we went on air, I had mentioned to you, El Chapo is singing like a bird. He's named Pelosi, Feinstein, the Clinton <laughs> Foundation, and he is going after these people in a very big way verbally, saying, wow. hey, they're all part of the operation. Mm -hmm. here and and if you remember what i've been yes, saying amen. yeah you remember what i've said mm -hmm. if pelosi and all the other democrats yes. who are opposed to border security and screening people coming in if they're not mm -hmm. up to something illegal and making money off this why do they care if we screen people well yes. we're finding out why now yes 
It's about money. It really is. And um, one of the things I, you know, the top of my, my notes here, um, I, I'm a researcher more than, than anything, and it's trends in forecasting. When I was in the apparel business, everything was about trends in forecasting. And a lot of people will forecast, you know, the economic trends and, you know, the political trends. But this is a trend and this is a forecast because we have to look at the culture of the cartels and what they intend to do, not only what they have done over the last 30 years in Mexico. Uh, they have a business plan, and we can talk about that, but their intent is to control the United States as well. That's a trend, and that is where they're going, and that's their plan. Well, I would submit to you they control Pelosi. I would submit to you they control the radical wing of the Democratic Party and a fair number of Republicans as well, too. Uh, you talked about yes. their business plan. Okay, let's lay that business plan out. What does that look like? Well, they're, they're really corporate executives. We think of them as, you know, just the guy on the street, you know, that's buying, that's selling drugs. But they, you will never really see the people like El Chapo. There's quite a few of them, of course, who run. There's lots of different cartels. There's, there's 100,000 cartels, members in Mexico okay their business plan is this it's like Walmart I, I was just reading an article this was even written way back in 2011 the plan hasn't changed what they do is they they will not do they contract with the gangs in the United States and the gangs have been doing business with them for 30 years and I can tell you a whole story on that that I learned in 1997 I've never even shared with you the gangs are basically it's kind of like Amway <laughs> it's kind of like the pyramid. They sell to the guy on the street who they have no connection to. Now, if the guy on the street is uh, arrested, who usually is uh, a gang member or a lot of times they're illegals, and they will, uh, they have no way of knowing who the top guys are. Furthermore, their business plan is this. If, if someone is like Chapa, that's why I said, why is he singing? Because within the gang culture, not the gang culture, the cartel culture, if the cartel, I should say, if the person selling drugs on this side of the United States sings and tells who what he does know, they will kill his family in Mexico. That's part of the plan as well. Wow. that that That's a, a pretty good incentive to remain silent. So you're, you expressed the concern to me before we came on air. By El Chapo singing now, he's exposing his mm -hmm. family to, to harm. Yeah, he's got like four wives. I'm I'm just curious because that's what they do. They kill, and it would be, um, well, he's well. The thing is, he he may not, his family may not be in harm's way because what he's actually exposing is on this side of the border. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so maybe that's the opposite. You know, that's why he is singing because he's probably mad. To, in some respects that they didn't cover him to keep him from being arrested and incarcerated. That's probably what he's mad about, would be my opinion. Yeah, I, I, th I think without question that's exactly what's happening. But you also have to think that with his immense power, wealth, and virtually an army at his disposal, he's still commanding some mm -hmm. of that. So I would think his family would have some measure of protection under those kind of guidelines. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, I think a lot of people think that you know this would be sensational. What we're talking about, it's not sensational at all. It's um, America needs to wake up. Whether you're a believer out there in Christ or not, you need to wake up. 
because this is what is already going on. It's just that, in fact, I two things I heard. Uh, I, I read a story yesterday. You might have seen it in Breitbart. And the report was, oh, yay, we got this uh, cartel boss who, you know, who has over the last 16, 18 months has killed, six, you know, I don't know, six, 16 people or what. It was like 18 months anyway, but he's killed like 16 people and decapitated all these people, etc. Um, and it was written in a manner, the angle on that, Dave, was as if, oh, great, we got the we got the serial killer off the street. Now we can all go back and have, you know beer and watch TV and <laughs> no he's just one of a hundred thousand down there just one of a hundred thousand who operate in the same way as he does think of a hundred thousand serial killers running loose this is who these people are that's how they operate you said something a few minutes ago I wanted to respond to and you're exactly right that's how they do operate and here's how they operate that you alluded to about four minutes ago you said that they contract these people these cartels contract with gangs inside the united states yes. i know that uh, in fact i have this past week republished part of a story that i originally ran back in 2014 pointed out to me by a member of the dea and mm -hmm. he said dave he said it's a rigged game at the border he said we mm -hmm. tell the sinaloas through the obama justice department that they can allow 80 percent of the drugs to come through and only bust 20 percent and they dictate which 20 percent and this guy mm -hmm. named nieblis went on trial in chicago federal district court and he used that as a defense and i re referred to that again this last week on the commonsenshow.com's website so you know you are right but see the contracting goes even deeper then mm -hmm. gangs to gangs it goes gangs yeah. to government gangs mm -hmm. to corporations mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. as i'm going to reveal again this weekend when i interview john cruz former senior vp of hsbc bank it goes gangs to banks yes and the corruption um that is also part of the business model corruption it's been doing we've been doing we've we, you've known about it i've known about that here for years um what they do is they extort and, and i we haven't talked about this but i sense that you know we we have sensed that a lot of the politicians have maybe been involved in porn or you know satan worship or whatever it may be but no i i think a good part of them are being extorted or corrupted combination of both and extorted means you do business with us or we kill your family like you say, car accidents, uh, all different kinds of things can happen. And I believe that's how the majority of our politicians, my opinion, have been corrupted through, uh, if they haven't you know, been caught sleeping with a little boy or a little girl or something in a pedophilia that they could be arrested for, for our laws, I believe they're being extorted. This is also what they do in a huge way in Mexico. Well, they also do it inside of our military. And... Um, you're bumping up against the Pat Tillman story, who was a star football player at Arizona State University, yeah. had a promising pro football career with the Arizona Cardinals. And when 9-11 happened, he said, I can't take it anymore. I have to go fight these people. And he was sincere. He goes to Afghanistan and starts complaining that they're guarding the lands of the poppy lords for heroin. And, yes. and he says, we're yes. being reduced to, to gangsters. And he got shot and killed. And it was a murder. There was yes, no question. No question. There was a murder. And so we even see it infiltrating the military, where the military is being used as hired hands for the cartels. Well, one of the things I don't know when to bring this up, but you know, we had thought about what one of the, some of the headlines here on this discussion. One of the other ones I see is a, a there's a correlation between the way the, that ISIS operated and 
you know, is being taken out in a small way in the Middle East and how the cartels operate and how they're allowed to they've, they've been they've taken over Mexico they completely run this, the country of Mexico in the same manner as ISIS ran the Middle East for many years until you know there was some something done about it uh, but what's really weird it's like Mad Max down there you have people with brand new Hummers welding uh, gun turrets the cartel gun turrets on the top of their Hummers I haven't <laughs> heard that. Each other up. Yeah, blowing each other up with grenades and IED, uh, you know, IEDs and stuff like that. And uh, it's huge. Uh, Twenty-nine of them were just killed on, in a in a shootout last week. Where was this? Where was the shootout at? Oh gosh, it was. I don't have the. I can send you the information, but it was. Uh, I can send you verify all that. But it's. It was in uh, the borderland. Yeah, it was in Mexico. When you're speaking off yeah. the top of your head, you can't retain all the details without sometimes yeah, referencing. And yeah. that was a curveball I threw you there, and I apologize. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'd like you to send that to me, and then I'll sure make sure that goes public. Um, oh yeah. Now, when we when we delve back into Humboldt County, do you see mm-hmm. the business model at work there? Yes. Um, what what they will do, the other part of their business model is what they do on the highways. We haven't talked about that. Their trade routes are huge. Um, in Mexico, the bloodiest battles and the murder rate is highest on their trade routes. And what will happen, my opinion, in Humboldt is that if anyone has been up there, even if you care to look at the map, it's about an hour south of the uh, Oregon border. Right. It takes five hours to drive. I, everybody knows I lived up there for about three years. Well, anyway, the point is is drug shipments coming in and out can be completely directed by the cartels through walkie-talkies or radio or whatever they're going to do to keep from having the law enforcement uh, track them down. And so that's one one part of their business model. The other one, uh, I strongly believe, Dave, that the veneer of the legalization is the corporate farms. I think that's a veneer. Uh, They're doing some slick, you know, video Mm -hmm. ads and things like that. But what my, I see, because what they do in Mexico, it's called plazas and they take over territories and in this case would be a region, which is the, um, the triangle, the Emerald Triangle up there, which is Humboldt, County, Humboldt, Mendocino, and then Trinity County, and all those areas in the Northern California they grow in. The point being is that what they do is they will, uh, I believe, kill many of the pot farmers. I and they you are. will never know this. They are. Yeah. There, and, there's yeah, okay. a big disappearance going on right now, <gasps> as we speak, oh. in Humboldt County. I've had many of the locals tell me, and law enforcement is sitting on their thumbs with this. And you're absolutely right. What Paul and I talked about, Paul Preston from Agenda 21 Radio and the president of the New Mm -hmm. California Movement, what he and I talked about just two nights ago was the fact that the corporate farms are being brought in to supplant the black market because, see, the cartels didn't completely control the black market. Some of them were independent contractors, and they didn't want that. So you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. And this is something, I don't know if you've come across this or not, but what Paul and I have been told by confidential sources... Um, is that this money is being, some of this money is being siphoned off the profits uh, and being used to revive the Cal Exit movement, which is to get California out of the union. Right. Well, what will happen at the high levels of government is they will give passage to the cartels, meaning the cartels, I always keep saying my opinion because that's what it is, my opinion that they will own 80% of the pot 
growing locations up there uh, in the next short manner here. They will own those locations outright. 100% of whatever is grown there will be the cartels. The contract will be with the government of California, the agencies to cover them, to not arrest them, to not, as we say here in the South, to not mess with them so that they can, uh, they can have free passage to sell their drugs, ship their drugs, airship them out of there. There's a harbor there, Humboldt, a small harbor there. It's a deep water port. Um, but they will they will get out of their way and let them sell those drugs, and they will take a percentage of it. That's the arrangement. That's what I believe is going on for for Cal Exit. Really? And that I think is a oh yeah I think it's the majority of the pot farms up there. And if this is the first time anyone's listening, the I was in the wine and cheese business too back in the day. Uh, Napa Valley is the largest growing region in California for wine. They are saying that Humboldt County is the Napa Valley of marijuana growing. I've been told exactly the same thing, uh-huh. word for uh-huh. word, what you just yeah. said. So it, it, the soil and the conditions, another thing we haven't talked about, the terrorism, the training camps, I think this ties together with what Kathy Rubio talks about, under the cover of darkness, etc. How many people can be brought in there to train? Unlimited because of exactly. the because uh, the harshness of the terrain and the vast expanse. I mean, you could bring in yeah. any number. Yeah, originally it was logging small logging roads, and you can just take a bulldozer and, and put a you know punch a road through up there. So it's going to be very hard. That's why I call it the Vietnam. It's it's going to be like that's like a Vietnam situation up there. The only way that that can be taken care of is by sending the military in. I'm from a military family, Marine family, Dad. Simplify guys out there, E9. <laughs> so I think I think of things I should have been a Marine. I always say that. I love you Marines out there. And by the I do way, too. Uh, I, hope I do some too. Love you guys. Hi guys and girls are are smiling because I was born on the Marine Corps birthday, so I think like that. I think I don't yeah. know, it's in my bloodline. My dad know? was a naval intelligence officer and he yeah. used to call the Marines jarheads, but he loved yeah. and respected every one of them. Yes, I yeah. love them too. But that's what I I think is going that's the only because when a when a, a military person would look at a marine would look at that, it, it's 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 Vietnam, or it would be the the hill countries of all the mid you know the Middle East areas they've gone into. It's 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 not just the local police cannot take care of it. The sheriffs cannot take care of it in their cruiser cars. There's no no way. They don't want to. <laughs> Exactly. Let's go back to what we talked about in the first interview because I think this ties some of what we're talking about together. We saw about the, the, the one of the central themes of that five-part series called Murder Mountain on Netflix was uh, tied into the murder of Garrett Rodriguez, kind of an innocent kid and got caught up in all this and wanted to make money to build his house. And, you know, he shouldn't have done it. His dad advised him not to do it. He goes up there and gets murdered. Now, they know who the murderer was. They found the body. The people even shot the alleged murderer. They got him to admit that he murdered. And the sheriff sits on his thumbs, and as we said in the last broadcast, oh, I can't mm-hmm. prosecute because it's all on private property. So I'm thinking, oh. okay, I'll come shoot your wife, metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. on private property. Mm-hmm. Um, law enforcement is complicit. They're not standing down. They're not overwhelmed. They're standing down. That's how I see them. They know the danger. The only, Like I said, the only people who would have any hope of coming out of there alive would be a guy in a tank with a, a few AK-47s and all their their grenades and everything else and their training. Yeah. You and I, I there's no way I saw uh, 
you, the ambushes could happen up there so easily, easily. A person could be blown out of the, and no one would even know what happened to them. They just disappear. But well, yeah. Humboldt County has the highest disappearance rate of missing people in the whole country. And it's yes. not it's not close. It's not close. And the FBI is not in there trying to solve this. See, kidnapping is a federal crime. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I asked Paul this the other night and he says, I don't know the answer to that question. When I asked him, I said, given the fact that kidnapping is number one right there in Humboldt County or at least missing people, why aren't the feds in there? And see here in Arizona, kidnapping related mm-hmm. to child sex trafficking right here in Phoenix is number one in the nation, too. And where's the mm-hmm. FBI? Crickets chirping. Yeah, I I think, honestly, Dave, I think this is why people aren't talking about this. Um, You know, you and I've had that conversation. I think that people know that if you get this information out, you could get killed for it. You know, as as whoever's out there doing the research, I do need to tell you this too. A citizen journalist, they have killed hundreds of journalists down in Mexico. This is also part of their business plan. Uh, they had uh, uh, instances last week where okay, a excuse person, me, I, I have to go now. Oh. <laughs> uh, where but, a guy was just using his uh, smartphone, cell phone, to photograph a shootout between some cartels. For some reason or another, technologically, they were able to find him. He posted that on me on social media. They they burned. It appears they put it on. And I can show you the document. I'll send this over to you as well. They, they beat him so badly, it looks like he's burned. The video showed him begging for water, as, in my opinion, as he was dying. This is a citizen journalist they did this to last week. In Mexico? Yeah. Well, it's not going to be remaining in Mexico for long because uh, yes. MS-13 has been in the news. President Trump has referred to them. And a lot of people don't want to hear this. Here's the truth, folks. MS-13 is no longer a street gang in Central America. It's Mm -hmm. used by the cartels Mm -hmm. to murder political opponents, politicians who are not on their side, and journalists. And they are here in America. Yes, and I believe that's... Well, I I appreciate what Breitbart did in that article, but he was stepping very lightly through it. It's like, yeah, ding dong, the king is dead. You know, the witch is dead or something, you know. No, this was not... (laughs) Report the story. What's going on is that these people... First of all, they are, their network is worldwide. They do not just sell drugs. They have an international worldwide web. Uh, I think George, George Webb was the one <laughs> who started reporting on the lily pads between the uh, military bases, which gets into human trafficking. My opinion, Humboldt will be used for that as well. Because it's under the cover of protection up there. It's hard to get in. It's hard to get out. Explain the term lily pads. How are you using that term? I'm using the term. Um, this happened about a year and a half ago. George Webb, he has a YouTube channel, and he was the one who started really discussing um, how pedophilia or kids or people are being trafficked from one United States base to another under the cover of darkness, of course, around the world. That would be called a lily pad. Hmm. A base would be used for that because of the, you know, air bases, of course. You know, on all bases have have landing fields. And okay, you look at what happened in, okay, you look at what happened in, was it Fort Sills? Where was it in Oklahoma? When all those kids were brought in about two years ago and the 
one of the politicians could not even get into the base. Yes, I know about that. You were uh-huh. talking about uh, Representative Bridenstine, and that was in the last Central American invasion. I think it was 2015. And he right. went in DHS. He went, he went to investigate allegations of child sex trafficking being run out of there. Right. And he was told yeah. to come back and make an appointment and probably wouldn't be able to get in for three weeks. That's what I'm saying. A congressman. That's what I'm saying. If that was, you know, that quasi hit the headlines, well, what the heck was going on in those hangars? What were, why? A social worker stopped him at the door? A social worker? Who the heck is a social worker? To tell a congressman you can't come in. I know. Thank you. Not even yeah. a believable story. Um, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And um, Fort Sill, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're being turned into. And, and see, a lot of people, one guy wrote to me today. And uh, he said to me on the website, he said, uh, everything you predict isn't coming true. We'll never be invaded, blah, 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 blah. And I said, excuse me, are you paying attention? I'm reporting on ongoing events. We're already being invaded. It's already well, been happening. Well, the Ted offensive, you... Yeah, you and Kathy were talking, Kathy Rubio, in her last segment, were, were, you were talking about the Tet Offensive. So the Tet Offensive in um, Vietnam, uh, basically it was shock and awe. Everything happened at once. There were, um, I don't know how to term this, it's more of a military term, but there were uh, outbreaks of war happening. They were attacked in many locations all at once, simultaneously. And what, that's what I believe is going to happen here. And I believe how the gangs and the cartels are simultaneously working together and federal agencies, FYI. I can't tell you the agency I worked for, interned with, actually, in New Mexico. They had a cache of guns there, a federal agency that watches the forest, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> a cache of guns. What the heck is it? Okay, so my opinion is that these either safe houses or whatever you would call it, government agencies who people are bought off, these locations will become uh, areas and locations that will be basically uh, stations where people will come and get their guns. That's what I believe. Well, this is well, what you believe has been well-founded because Paul Martin has been reporting on this as well, and he did so oh. on this show. And uh, we're, we're talking about the man that runs revolutionradio.org. He's got some good sources in some of the agencies he can't mention, and uh, we've heard this, and this is across the board. I mean, th- these are not unique reports. So people who say, mm-hmm. oh, this is what's coming, blah, blah. I'm going to quote Steve Quayle here. Uh, again and Steve Quayle has said many times on my show Dave you know what's coming is no longer coming it's already here Yes. and this is what we're talking about here so people are sitting back well we're waiting for Chicken Little's predictions to come true they're already happening I'm sorry this month alone record Mm -hmm. border crossings and we're supposed to believe they're just coming here to mow our grass and wait on our tables all the people now you know most of the people coming in they're probably fine but some of them Mm -hmm. And, and I go back to the work I did, and I encourage people to go to the commonsenshow.com website and go back through the summer of 2015 archives, and you'll find where I presented, presented proof positive about the cartels uh, coming into the country, but not just them, MS-13, and they were held until they had eight or nine of them together, and then Border Patrol was ordered to release them, and I got that from my two Border Patrol contacts I've had for five years. And they were part of this. They were beside themselves. And they said, you could always tell when they're MS-13 because they have teardrops that are tattooed mm-hmm. on themselves that show how many people they've murdered. So, you know, Marilyn, when we take a look at this stuff, 
this is an ongoing invasion and I'll leave this one more thought with you and I and I bet you're going to want to comment on this because back in the same time frame when I was reporting on all this you know um, Steve Quayle was giving me lots of props and I think it attracted the attention of two DEA agents independent of each other I actually met with one of them who had family in the area where I live and he told me point blank he said they're going to come here. They're going to bring bioweapons. But he mm -hmm. also said this, too. He said, I want you to talk to my friend who's a Texas Ranger. And he said he's fairly high up. But he will not go on the record. So I talked to the Texas Ranger. And he said, Dave, we have intel that tells us that ISIS, the cartels, all the intermarriage between the terrorists and the cartels are planning to take over small towns across the Southwest. Mm -hmm. He said, we're preparing yeah. for it as Texas Rangers. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not, mm -hmm. but I reported yes. on that four years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing that. Yeah, and, and that's what, see, that's the, the Tet Offensive. It will happen very quickly because when you yes. think about it, the cartels, um, the little guy with the little backpack with the, you know, rusty little, you know, full shoes falling apart, he could be very well. I think many cartel members are coming across the border. They are highly trained. All they do, they're basically uh, benditos, <laughs> if you will. You know, they're they're well trained in, in with guns and weapons. And uh, another thing that gets to me is, you know, just recently that Trump is saying, President Trump is saying that he may... He's considering calling the cartels a terrorist organization, a foreign terrorist terrorist organization, FTOs. What? Are you kidding me? Yes, they are worse than ISIS. And I want to repeat this. There are decapitations going on every day down there, dismembering. And what they do, it's important that people know this. How the cartels control a town, like you're saying, they will show a video of a dismemberment or a decapitation in real time to that to an individual that they want to lock down. Maybe maybe a patriot is standing up. They show up to his door, Herador. Look, this is going to happen to you if you don't shut up. If you don't do what we want you to do, and this is how they do business. That is what how they operate. And so they are worse than ISIS. So why are we not calling? Why is he, what's the holdup? Well, they didn't start beheading until they started working together with ISIS. Yeah, I heard that. I heard it kind of it was around 2006 and thereabouts when they all started doing that. I heard that. Well, that's but when the you... first article appeared in the Tucson Daily Star in which police officials, right here, police, they never say it today because, see, they weren't bound by all these restrictions. But in 2006, they identified how the cartels were working with Hamas and Hezbollah, which, you know, are forerunners mm -hmm. of ISIS. And in mm -hmm. 2010, similar things were said. Now, you'll never get a police department to admit to this. And, and here in Phoenix, um, I don't live in Phoenix, but I live outside of Phoenix, but in the Phoenix area, there have been decapitations. I've had police tell me this, multiple police, but they're not allowed to report mm -hmm. it to the media. They're told to keep that's it out it. of the media. That is it. That's, that's the headline. The reason your friends out there and people going, oh, Dave, you know, the sky is falling. Yeah, right. Chicken little. The reason is we are not hearing about it because, the, in my opinion, the, the networks are bought off by the cartels and controlled by the cartels as well as a big portion because it's just the same as, uh, in, you know, in London. They're not going to say that I uh, that a, 
if you will, a Muslim just killed someone. No, it's the same thing here. They're not going to say a cartel-related member killed someone here in the United States with affiliations to Sinaloa. They're not going to say that because they are owned. For uh, five years, I've been covering the terrorist-based training camps in El Salvador that marry together Middle East terrorists with the drug cartels. And it's coordinated by a group called the um, Sanchez Paredes Drug Cartel. Today, mm-hmm. they mostly go by the name the Shining Light, and they are basically mm-hmm. the Peruvian Army, the Peruvian National Bank, and they serve as the coalescing agents. Kathy Rubio's been to these camps. She has relatives that works there, and she's been able to go there kind of incognito. She has seen what goes on there. By the way, might interest yeah. you to know, Marilyn, mm-hmm. people in American uniforms are there training. Now, she believes it's CIA. But they're in American uniforms training terrorists. Well, uh, if anyone wants to refer back to the first segment I did with you on China, I was quasi-engaged to a Special Forces Army officer training at the War College in 1991 in Leavenworth, Kansas, who had his best friend was a Chinese officer. So they are... You know, uh, these guys do operations all together, uh, you know, global operations is how this is looked at. And and you just led right into a fact hanging <laughs> out there that I'm going to be developing here. Um, some, well, some fuss was raised over Dianne Feinstein's driver, communist Chinese spy for 20 mm-hmm. years. How do you have that on your staff and you're a senior U.S. senator and you don't know for 20 years? I don't right. believe it. But here's the important thing. Mm-hmm. The Chinese are heavily involved with this. And this ties in Dianne Feinstein, yep. who's been named by El Chapo. Thank you, God. Yeah, the, and then this, what's her name? The AOC has just popped off yesterday that she works for the illegals. Yeah, I saw that. I did a broadcast on it. Unbelievable. You know, so these guys are all in bed with these people. And, um, you know, another thing I, I just want to reiterate is part of their business plan is murder. Okay. Uh, between 2000, since 2006, I've heard different reports, <clears throat> different readings, 200,000 to 230,000 deaths due to cartel violence in Mexico. I mean, who can wrap their head around that? You know, the Vietnam War, there's more deaths going on with uh, with the cartels than anything we've seen in a war. And it's coming, it's coming, like I always say, coming to a town near you. Well, let me give you the business model for the Mexican Justice Department. And uh, th- this, I haven't fully ever revealed this story. But um, when I was teaching undergraduate psychology classes, I had a student, and I was also, you know, a college basketball coach at the same time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this student shows up after practice one evening, and she says, can I talk to you? And I thought, this is kind of odd. It's 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, come on in. And we just talked and chit-chatted, and then she said, here's the real reason why I came here. She said, I'm in the witness protection program. And I kind of raised my eyes. I said, do you know you're not supposed to tell me this? She goes, oh, I know. And she goes, but it's not from America. It's a coordination with America from my father, who worked as a senior official in the Mexican Justice Department. And for his family safety, they had to farm all the kids out to Canada and the United States. 
and this is who she said she was. And when we got into some in-depth discussions about cartel activities, she was the mm-hmm. real deal. I mean, I was just getting my feet wet getting involved in this story, but I could tell she was the real deal. Well, two days later, I'm sitting in my office again, and my phone rings, and it's an aide to her father. And he says, I understand that she spilled the beans. And he said, I wouldn't have an open communication like this, except for the fact that they already know and they're probably listening. Mm. So he said, "Uh, do you have any plans for this? Because he goes, I know you're politically active. And I said, no. Mm -hmm. I said, "Uh, I'm going to respect the agreement. He goes, well, she's broke the agreement. We have to move her again. And it was the last time I ever talked to her in that time frame. So here's what ended up happening out of this. They said, do you want anything in return for all your great cooperation? And I said, well, I would like some things traced. (laughs) And at that time, and this is where I'm leading with you, and this might be the next thing that we look into. I was actually tracking planes out of Colorado that I believed, and they were tied to Soros, and these people were tied to um, all kinds of illicit stuff. And they were landing in Del Rio, Texas. And, you know, you can get these on the Internet where, where airplanes land by their tail fin numbers. Mm-hmm, I've seen and, right. uh, and, and they were also going to Cabo and Puerto Vallarta and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and I said, got to be something here. And he said, oh, Dave, that's easy. He, he, he said, I'm surprised you've not heard this from your sources. He said, that's part of Fast and Furious. And he said, it's oh, also yes. child sex trafficking coming back the other yeah. way. And he goes, it's all running through Del Rio, Texas, which I just did another mm-hmm. expose on. We need to look mm-hmm. into Del Rio, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we we absolutely need to look if, into them because I'm a lot of people think this is all sensationalized. And it's the, the problem <laughs> is, is only 0.01% of this information is getting out there. If anyone is listening to this for the first time, it's that um, just keep in mind anything you are hearing outside of this if, and only a few other alternative news stations are talking about this it's not because they don't want to I don't th- there's so many other political things that they follow but this is a niche that niche that we're getting into here it's because my my sense you're from Arizona I lived and worked in uh, New Mexico I'm from Southern California I taught English as a second language so I personally have been around the culture I went down to Nicaragua to teach English so I've been around this and my hair like, like I think my first email to you as I said Dave my hair is on fire <laughs> yeah you know we've personally been around this this isn't just something we're trying to uh, <clears throat> get some you know some play on no this is a, a serious serious situation that needs to get out there Marilyn let me say it this way about 90% of what we've talked about, and let me back up, it's probably not that much. I'm going to say 75% of what we've talked about here in this interview. I have covered in some form or fashion on the commonsenseshow.com within the last five years. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is we find something unusual and we report this point over here. And then we do the same thing with something over there and over there. And then after these five years, what we're doing right now is we're connecting dots. And see, I would tell people, you doubt what I'm saying, go Mm -hmm. to the website, thecommonsenseshow.com. We have a search engine there and use some of the key terms that you've heard Marilyn and I speak about here, like Bridenstine's Mm -hmm. adventure at Fort Sill. I mean, I covered that in detail. And with all the hypertext links, all the documentation that you would need, and I would tell people to go back and satisfy yourself that we're just connecting dots here. This stuff has been well established and we've been aware of it for a while. It's just when you get information, you can't always know the yeah. totality of what it means. But now mm-hmm. we're beginning to see what it means. We've been invaded, we're being occupied, yes. and our communities are about ready to be attacked. 
Yes, and some of the documentation, not all of not all of it, but one tiny area. If anyone just <coughs> wants to go up to onto border, it's uh, Borderland B B O R D E R L A N D dot uh, L A N D beat. Um, you'll see they they report a lot on what's going on with the cartels, and that's just the beginning. And you know, if if anyone wants to verify, that's just what's happening. I don't know if the reporters there are Mexican, and then there's other sites that I go to and other agencies. But uh, there's this information um, needs to get out there. It's um, another thing too is. Um, the you know the drug war there never was a drug war Dave <laughs> there was never a drug war it was a joke uh, what's his name um, uh, the the I'm, I'm missing the name the Peña Nieto the uh, Mexican president oh yeah yeah Nieto oh yeah who was paid office. over a hundred million dollars to yeah, yeah yeah to let it to let it ride mm-hmm, yeah. two thousand twelve. 12 to 2018 is when it's just like with when Obama was in Fast and Furious when those two guys were in office together is when all hell broke loose on both sides of the border in my opinion they had some sort of a a deal going because nothing was done the government uh, uh, forces were never uh, they never put money into training another thing too uh, in Mexico another thing that happened down there um, I think I put that in my notes to you I was looking at this when uh, a young guy was killed down there about around Christmas time or last year only two percent 20% of the guys who go into the police and law enforcement down there are, are able to pass the test and having been in English as a second language teacher what happens is, unfortunately, the quality of the education is usually sixth grade to eighth grade, if you're lucky. You might have run into some of that, too. But so the quality of the police force down there, even if the guys want to do a good job, it's very difficult because they just don't have the educational background that our guys do up here. Well, it wouldn't matter if they did because these people <laughs> are absolutely surrounded um, tell us what you're looking into now. Hello? Yeah, Hello, tell Nancy? us what you're looking into now. I'm really interested to find out how um, how close to the border a lot of this activity is, is going on. Uh, I was blown away. I put some maps together yesterday that most of the beheadings right now, um, I'm looking at how um, people do not, they think Mexico, you got to get on a plane and you know, drive for hours or something. No, um, this is two and a half hours south of the border from Laredo. And so what I'm looking into also is how how close this conflict is to our border right now. That's important. And Tijuana, uh, Antifa was down there. We only had one. I think I sent you some raw video on that. There's a raw video, a YouTube channel that I met, I just found mm-hmm. a couple of days yeah. ago. There were about 30 people jumping over the new wall, supposedly, and I saw them running on the video. There was one border patrol, and he did nothing. Now, was he bought off? Was he just radioing? I do not know. Or was he outnumbered? Yes, or about 40, 30 or 40 of these guys just ran up the beach. Out of uh, So my point is, how close is this to the border is what I'm very interested in now. And the reason, um, there's a town that is called Praxis. Uh, that is in Praxis, P-R-A-X-E-D-I-S, Praxidis. It's a town of about 1,500 people. It's an hour and a half south of Juarez. It's next to Highway 10. 
they've killed every, and it's on the Mexican side. You know, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah this is where they've killed all the law enforcement. Yeah, all the all, they've yeah. killed everybody. So that's what I'm saying here is that how how the cartels control the border is this is how close it is. It's not like down there, you know, way down in Mexico. This is right at our border. So then when you look at military and you think we always hear, oh well, there was a border conflict that happened in Syria or something. So where, like you're saying, World War Three happens, these guys are at the border right now doing what they do. Well, <laughs> they're very close to the border. Back, yeah. I don't remember the year. It was in the same time frame as the South American, Central American invasion, the first one. Uh, Judicial Watch published a picture that was a camp of ISIS and the cartels mixed together. They were eight miles from El Paso, three miles mm-hmm. from the border. And That's you can't publish that picture anymore because the rights have been bought up by a group that will sue you if you publish. See, but, that's this is not sensationalized. That town, if anyone wants to Google it, it is called P-R-A-X-E-D-I-S as in San Mexico, population 1500. It is an hour and a half south of Juarez. And if you Google that and look at the information on it, all the the policemen are killed if they do if they try to come in. I think even the mayor was killed. They kill mayors right and left too, just like journalists. Well, yes, what is it? Three thousand politicians in the last year they've killed. Yeah, the, yeah, and that's so. This is why I, you know, we're shocked here. We're going, oh, why don't we have any, you know, with taxation without representation? Um, they're being extorted or killed. You know what I'm saying? There, the families are being yeah. uh, there's or ransom. True. is going on. Mm-hmm. Very that's true. The. Um, let me share this other thing that this uh, Mexican justice official's aide shared with me in our conversation, and he was very forthcoming. He said, we have to change my boss's security detail every three days because we know they can all be bought off. And we think wow. 72 hours is the safe window. And he says, we have to monitor their living arrangements. <laughs> we have to monitor their phone calls, their mail, and everything. This is how bad it is. And he yeah. said, under Nieto, he said, what they did... Um, he said what they do is they would set up people who were really told, go do your job. Go arrest El Chapo. Go arrest all these cartel guys. And see, they put the good face of the government forward. Look, we're doing something for you, Mexican people. Mm-hmm. But he said, mm-hmm. really, the people answering to, to Nieto and these other uh, top politicians in Mexico are all part of the cartels. It's all for show. They, exactly. they, they set up the, the controlled opposition to enforce the drug laws and stop the murders, but they know it's not going to happen. It's just the public face they put on. Right. And, and again, I have documentation on all of this. I'm saying I can send to you that in Veracruz, Vera Mexico, uh, there were officials were involved in setting up kidnapping arrangements of people that the cartels wanted to go after. Then they turned them over to the cartels the Mexican officials were involved in this uh-huh yeah and it says here on 2018 19 Mexican uh, police were arrested and charged with working for the cartels they were involved in the disappearance and murder of private citizens and what motivates so, them to go after private citizens is it their whistleblowing activities they talk too much what is it well, yes. Um, radio hosts, okay, have been killed. 
uh, if somebody wants to get on the horn, just like we're doing here, have been killed. This is radio, uh, uh, to some respects. Uh, they do not want the information to get out. And 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 what's really weird is, as I'm looking at all this in the reports, when you look at the Civil War, for instance, in our country. Uh, of course, there were no cell phones back then. But what's going on in Mexico is the reason they're making these reports is, oh, this is happening over here and this is happening over over there. It's a war. It's actually we don't we think of Mexico. It's just a little country doing its own thing down there. No, it's a civil war that's going on inside the country. There was a militia event that happened um, on uh, March 15th. And it's a video of about six or eight pickups just pulled up to this area, and they were shooting AK-47s. Um, there were about 10 or 15 men, and they, they could have been off-duty policemen or military because citizens cannot have guns. But they were having a shootout with the cartels next to a busy highway. There was a fence, but you could see the cars going by. One man had his five- and six-year-old boys sitting next to the front of the pickup. This, so it's a citizen militia down there taking off and taking going after the, the cartels. That's how crazy it is. Oh, I've heard uh, that individual community. I've reported on some of this before, and the names of the communities jump out of my head right now. But there are people down there who are actually forming. They, they kick out all the politicians. They fire all yes. the police. And then they mm-hmm. take over the operations themselves in their own community. And mm-hmm. Oaxaca was one of them, and I can't remember the other ones. There were like three or four and uh, you're right. So in some regard, this is a civil war. But in another regard, this is an international plot to bring down the United States. Well, that's how they're operating. Yes. Absolutely. And that, that because what has worked down there, it's taken them 30 years to set up their entire network and manner of operating. And with the Sinaloa's, with El Chapo being gone, this, the Central Jalisco new generation is the, the next uh gang that's, I should say, cartel that's coming up. They're called the CJNG, and I think I sent you pictures on this. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. They, without any problem, they have no problem. They they paint CJNG on the sides of their SUVs and trucks, and they just drive around and intimidate towns. They own the towns. And if anybody is going to uh, to come after them, they without impunity, the cops can't do a thing. They control towns. It's just amazing. You know, if Mexico was a sincere, legitimate, elected government, they'd be inviting our Marines to come down and take care of the cartels. They've done it before. Oh, to catch oh, uh, oh, to catch Pancho Villa <laughs> and all his crimes. I mean, General John J. Pershing before World War One was invited across the border and please help us. And if they were they were sincere, Marilyn, they'd do this. Well, look, we're just about out of time, but we need to continue down this path. And so as you acquire more information, I want you to continue to communicate with me here. And uh, we will make it public. And uh, we need to get this out. This is... The first of all, I got to tell you this: If I were Trump, I'd invade Mexico. Oh God, did Dave Hodges oh really say gosh, that? I've but yes. but I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the nonsense. We 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 send millions of dollars into that country for aid, and we yes. get chaos back. Anyway, Marilyn, we're up against the clock. We got to yeah. scoot. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us. I've enjoyed it. Yes. We're gonna do yeah. it again. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Everybody else, we'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for joining us.